and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter, as featured on BBC Radio 4 Extra's Podcast Hour and BBC Radio Manchester. Joining me today is Grace Chadwick, Early Careers Coordinator from BAE Systems. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. I think we should start off the podcast by saying how me and Grace know each other. So we've sort of grown up together, family, friends, mm-hmm. gone through dancing and yeah. So what does Early Careers Coordinator at BAE Systems mean? So um, it's quite a broad title, but um, my role is mainly um, supporting our apprentices. So I support our advanced business apprentices, advanced technicians and advanced craft apprentices. Um, so that's giving them HR support. So um, I support them um, sort of from a personnel point of view, but then I also support from a comms engagement point of view. We look at um, kind of how we can keep them supported through the apprenticeship, but then also recruitment and attraction, induction. So kind of the whole life cycle of an apprenticeship, I support those apprentices throughout that life cycle. And so what for people who aren't maybe from the north what is BAE Systems? Um, so BAE Systems is the largest global defence company um, we sort of look at defence so it's aerospace, security, land, um, we have ships, submarines and we're sort of based all across the world so we've got based in the UK, Australia, America um, Saudi Arabia, Oman, lots of different places. Um, and then even just within the UK, we're sort of all spread across the UK. We work with RAF bases right at the top of Scotland, and then our head office is sort of London, Farnborough area. And then our main manufacturing hub is in the northwest. So that's mainly where we manufacture our aircraft um, and also all of our submarines. Oh, that's interesting because I genuinely just thought it was in the northwest. So it's it's all around the world. We are. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were talking about like the apprenticeships, and that's so you're sort of the mentor and you help them in a way like that. How did you discover B- BAE Systems and get your job there? So um, I started BAE Systems as a business apprentice. Um, eight years ago coming up God, that seems really a long time ago um, but I kind of never really knew about it before I applied um, it was never something that was on my career plan um, my plan was to go to university straight from college um, and I was actually at a university open day with my mum um, and I'd been thinking about it myself for a while and I just had decided that I didn't want to go to university um, I don't know what it was, I just didn't fancy going um, and my mum basically said to me, well that's fine but you have to do something and I was like, but I've never had a job before, how am I supposed to go out and get a job, um, where do I even start looking um, and one of my sister's friends started the apprenticeship straight from school um, so she said, why don't you just have a look at that. Uh, and I applied for it and it was the only thing I applied for. If I didn't get the job, I would have gone to university. 
um, and thankfully um, I did and then I started as a business apprentice um, worked my way through the business apprenticeship scheme did four different placements around the business so I worked in communications a bit of project management business administration um, and then I completed my apprenticeship into the communications team so I worked in our central communications team for two years um, mainly focusing on sort of employee communication so putting out news stories and things like that and, and communicating with our employees. Uh, since then, I've done another project management role at our Academy for Skills and Knowledge at Salmsbury. Um, I moved into a HR role um, and then I moved back into the early careers team working with apprentices. Since I left my apprenticeship scheme, it was always something I knew I wanted to go and work with apprentices. I'd got so much out of my scheme. I learned so much about myself while I was on the scheme. Um, and I just could really see the benefits of it. And I knew that that was something that one day I would like to go back to. I never quite realised sort of how quickly I would be moving back into early careers. But um, the kind of opportunity arose and I thought, I have to take it. Um, and now I couldn't be happier. It's such a sort of rewarding job. You see apprentices coming in, some of them only 16 straight from school um, and they're quite quiet and very unassuming. And then to see them, some of them four years later when they complete, it's just so nice to see how much they've grown and to know that you've had a part in that and making their apprenticeship the best that, that it could be. So, are most apprenticeships four years then? So they vary. So some of our advanced schemes are two years, some of them are four years, and then we also have some degree schemes. So the advanced schemes you only need GCSEs for are degree and higher schemes, you need A-levels for them. And as it sort of says in the title, you do a degree as part of your scheme. Those degree schemes are five years because obviously you need the time to be doing your your degree and they all vary in length of placements as well so the shorter schemes tend to have shorter placements to make sure you can kind of still get through different areas of the business whereas the longer schemes they go up to a year placement in each area so they do vary in length um, and they vary in qualifications required and also qualifications gained. Um, we've got 12 apprenticeship schemes just in air, um, so that's just around sort of the northwest. Um, so yeah, there's, I always say there's kind of something for everyone with our apprenticeship schemes. There's business, project management, engineering, software, finance, um, craft apprentices, which is a sort of more hands-on manufacturing of the aircraft. So yeah, there's a real broad range of apprenticeship schemes and as I mentioned before sort of some people come in at 16 we don't just have 16 year olds our most recent intake I think the oldest person was 31 so we really do have a broad range of people it's not just for school leavers anymore apprenticeships literally are for everyone at whatever career you're in a lot of people come from completely different careers we had People have come from retail, um, marketing, and then have we had a chef one year as well. So people who just decide they want something different, and our apprenticeships kind of open there for them. And they're also like very competitive to get on. They like seen as like really well. 
I don't know what the word is like a really high apprenticeship if you can get onto the course talk me through like the application process like the interview stages and how many people do you take on a year and um, so numbers differ between schemes um ranging from some of our schemes only take one person on every year um, some of our engineering schemes take on up to 60 people a year um, and they change slightly every year obviously on demand um, but yeah it's it's a really competitive apprenticeship we get thousands of applications um, every year we interview hundreds of people for roughly every year 200 places um, so yeah we're, we're definitely very competitive um, but it also means that the, those who get it are the top they are kind of the best that we can get the application process starts with an application form um, which is mainly sort of questions and it gives you a chance to sort of answer those questions there are all of the application forms differ slightly because obviously looking for slightly different people then um, we go into some form of kind of personality testing whether that's psychometrics testing whether that's we call it gamification, so basically playing a game to figure out some of your personality traits. Um, then we have an assessment centre, and the assessment centres can be built up from different things, so usually they include um, an interview, um, maybe a problem-solving exercise, maybe a group exercise, maybe a presentation. Again, they all differ slightly depending on kind of what the scheme is, because we're looking for different people. Um, but there is always that interview element. Um, and then we make the decision sort of from the interview. Um, the interview is mainly about you. Who, who are you? What, what can you bring to us? Because um, that's what we want. We want someone we know that will come into our apprenticeship scheme, be passionate about, the, about what they do, um, and just put all of their effort in. We don't want someone who can walk in the door and do the job. That's not what an apprentice is. It's someone we know that when they come out of the end at the end of it, they've got all the skills that they need. So the interview and sort of application process is just to find out who you are, really. And it's a good way as well. Like, And I think nowadays, especially, like uni university isn't for everyone. Like... You don't have to go to university and go down that line. There are so many more apprenticeships available. And I'm guessing like they are paid apprenticeships as well. So you don't have the worry of university debt. Yeah. Yeah. So they are all paid. All of our apprentices are paid and they're paid quite well compared to other apprenticeships. So um, minimum starting salary for our apprentices is about £12,500 a year, uh, which is, again, really competitive. And then if you're then looking at an apprenticeship where you get a degree alongside it, you get paid for that time that you're working, you get a degree and you get the work experience. And like I say, university is not for everyone um, and it doesn't match everyone's learning style. Some people can only get through the degree that they're doing because they're doing that work on a day-to-day -day basis and that's what helps them get through it. Um, and I just think that's brilliant nowadays. We were at a stage, even when I was at school, where really you were pushed into university. That felt like the only option. But actually, university is amazing. And for some people, it is exactly what they need. But for other people, it just doesn't work. It doesn't suit them. 
And I think to know that we've got such a broad range of apprenticeships that you can you can have a look at, I think it's I think it's brilliant for young people nowadays. Yeah, and how long do the people once they've sort of finished the apprenticeship, do they tend to stay on and get a job easier at BAE? How long do they sort of stay within the, the company? Most of our apprentices stay for the rest of their careers. That's it's, good. Yeah, it's really unlikely actually that we get apprentices leaving so like sort of soon after apprenticeship scheme. Um, and it's really nice actually you look around the company and you look at a lot of our senior directors and they were apprentices. So just in Air, for example, um, our managing director, he was an apprentice. Our manufacturing director, he was an apprentice. Um, and so many other really senior people came out of our apprenticeship schemes. Um, and they do, they have a career with us. And even if you come in and you think, oh, actually, what I want to do with my life is travel around the world, we have those opportunities. We have places all across the world that you can go and live and work in. Um, and I think that's what's really nice about our place as well. We're, we're so big that you can find something that suits you, even if it is your ambition to travel. Um, you can go and find a job in Australia if that's where you want to be and, and move out there. And I guess once you're in BAE, you can then, like you, you've got your foot in the door, you can then sort of go to a different area of work or it'll be easier to sort of get promoted or try a different sort of job role. I guess it's really good at that as well. Yeah, yeah, we're really good at that actually. We, we really look after our employees and our employee development is really important to us because obviously there are people, we want them to be doing the best job that they can do. Um, so once you're in, if you were in project management, for example, and you thought, actually, I would really like to go and work in the commercial function, it's really easy to move around the functions. If you were in the air sector and you thought, actually, I'd quite like to work on the ships um, and maybe move down to Portsmouth on a, a sort of um, naval base, you can go and do that as well. Um, so yeah, like so, once you're in, you're in then, and it's just then trying to figure out what it is that you want, sort of from from your career. And how is it in terms of like representation? You know, have you got quite a few women in high up positions as well, and things like that? Yeah, I think um, we really have a big driver on diversity and inclusion. We have a specific diversity and inclusion team who um, do a really good job at kind of making sure that we're represented. Um, we've got a huge women sort of net, women's network. Um, you look around the engineering function, which is historically very male orientated, and we have a lot of women and a lot of women in senior positions. Um, you look at our, a lot of our senior management teams and there's a lot of women in senior positions. Um, I think that's really nice to see, um, and not just women, we have lots of different sort of diverse people, and I quite like the thought as well, um, we have a big thing on sort of diversity of thought, so we don't necessarily want all the same people who come with all the same qualifications from exactly the same place, we want a diverse group of people, um, and we've got networks around the business, so we've got... Um, an LGBTQ plus network, we've got a women's network, 
um, we've got a disability network, so places where diverse people can sort of find other people to, to work with, um, and we can learn from those people as well. If there's something that we're not doing quite right, we have a network of people that we can learn from. Um, and I think we do a good job of that. I think having worked in a lot of different places around the organisation, I think we do a good job. Um, we might not be perfect, but I think we I think we're pretty good at it. So, like, I'm presuming you'll stand up in like pre-COVID times. You'll stand up in front of all the apprentices at the start and sort of introduce yourself and who you are. How did it feel the first time you did that when? Like they're all sitting there, and you were thinking like I was one of them once. How was that? How did that feel for you? It was nerve wracking. I'm not gonna lie. Um, sort of standing up in front of 200 brand new starters, um, and welcoming them to the company. It was scary. I had to make sure that I knew exactly what I was gonna say. I was prepared and stuff. But um, it was actually really nice to stand there and think. I know where you are right now. I've sat in your shoes um, and I just felt a really nice connection to them. I thought, I felt like I could offer them sort of my support. I had ups and downs of my apprenticeship. Um, I had moments where I was sort of thinking, I'm not really sure whether I want to do this anymore. Um, and I had moments where I realized it was the best decision I'd made. So. I really sort of looked at them and thought, I, I can really understand how you're feeling. But it was also quite exciting to look at them and think, you're the people who are going to be, I don't know, maybe in 15, 20 years' time, potentially running the company. I know that sounds really cheesy, but it's really nice to see those people. And then as you start to work with them, you start to identify who those people are and you start to look at them and go, you are going to be a senior leader and that's really nice to work with with those apprentices and to know that like say one day they'll or some of them will definitely be running the company and what was your biggest challenge like you were saying you had ups and downs in the apprenticeship what was like your biggest challenge in those uh, first few years um i think for me personally i found it really hard trying to figure out where do I fit um, and I know that's a sort of a really strange sort of thing but I was 18 when I started so I was a little bit sort of older than some of them who come straight from school um, but I wasn't 100% confident in myself um, so I, I did lack a lot of confidence definitely and I found that hard but I think moving around the business and doing different jobs, there were bits that I enjoyed and bits that I didn't enjoy. And I definitely found it hard sort of thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going to be next year. I don't know what I even want to do. Um, I mean, we have some apprentices and graduates who come in who have a five-year career plan and they know exactly what functions they want to be in, they know what teams they want to go into, and they know exactly where they want to be, and I had no idea. And for me, that was really scary, because I can't cope with not knowing what I'm doing at the weekend, never mind sort of what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months. So that was a really big challenge for me, because 
I felt like I needed to fit in. I felt like I needed to know what my purpose was. Um, and that, unfortunately, not knowing where I fit in, it allowed me to lose my confidence in myself because I felt like I wasn't adding value and I felt like other people didn't think I was adding value. Um, which, when I look back at it now, I, I don't think that was the case at all. I think it was just that, as I said, I'd, I'd lost, I'd probably lost my confidence a bit. Um, but then, I then moved around the business and started to build my skill set and started to build my network. Um, and met some amazing people, and I started to realise actually it doesn't matter that I don't know where I want to be in five years' time. As long as I know that I am enjoying what I'm doing right now and I'm developing, no matter what that is, I'm developing something, I know that I'll be ready for my next career move, whatever that is, wherever that comes from. Because I think sometimes it doesn't always do you good to be so rigid. Mm. I think you've got to just be open to anything. Yeah. You never know. Someone might turn up and go, do you know a role's come available in my team, it's doing this, this and this, I think you'd be really good at it. And it might be completely left field, you never heard of it before, you've no idea what's going on, and actually it might not be in the best move that you make, but you've just got to be open about it. And that's my advice to kind of most most people, I suppose sort of anywhere, not just at BA Systems, it's just to be open to new opportunities. I've done it before, I've taken jobs that... I've no idea what's going to happen in them. I've never met anyone that I would be working with. And they've ended up being the best jobs where I've learned the most about myself. And being like flexible. And also, it's an, it's exciting if you don't know. I can appreciate it is also nerve-wracking. But if people have sort of got their life set out, five, ten-year goals, it's good but like you said, it's it's good to be open to moving it because like five years ago, we wouldn't think we we're in a pandemic. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, that is, you're very motivational, Grace. I feel like I feel like I'd love to be under <laughs> under your um, umbrella. You motivate me to be an apprentice. I love doing things. I love um, <coughs> one thing I always say to like apprentices that I work with and that I meet and stuff. I say, if you ever need anyone to talk to, please come and talk to me because I love speaking. To, to people and helping them out with stuff. Like I say, I had moments on apprenticeship where I was ready to give up and all it took at the time was one person to mm. say to me, don't give up on this. You, you can do this. You're just in a really bad place at the moment. And I think if I can be that one person for someone else, brilliant. And I, that's why I got back into apprenticeships because I like to motivate people. I like to sort of get people ready to sort of develop themselves and just enjoy what they're doing as well, enjoy the work. And so you were mentioning about travel and you went, and now I don't know how long a period, but you went to Abu Dhabi. What was that like? And yeah, just like spill all the beans. Was it, was it fun? What were you going over there for? So um, I, end, I ended up actually never went anywhere with work, um, that sounds, I, I know I've just talked about all these amazing opportunities, but um, yeah, I ended up, I travelled around the UK a bit, but I ended up not going anywhere abroad. Um, Do you wish you had? Um, 
I don't know actually. Um, I think I would have liked to. Um, I just ended up being in roles that didn't offer that opportunity, but it wasn't something that I actively sought out either. If I'd have sat there and gone, I want to go and work in the US, I probably would have been able to find something, um, but I'd never kind of put myself in that position. Um, but yeah, and then I, I ended up in a 12-month period, I went to New York with work, and then I went to Abu Dhabi. Um, and I only went for short periods of time for both of them. I think Abu Dhabi was... I think it was just over a week um, and I went out there, I was part of the early careers team and I went out there with the education team and we were doing um, a manufacturing event with schools. So um, we were in Abu Dhabi and then we were in a couple of different areas and we went into the schools with, um, let's say it was a manufacturing challenge, it was a, an event for them to do. and. The kids basically made their own little manufacturing company. Um, so I went out there, I was, I was asked to go out there, and I've never I've never kind of been to the Middle East or, or sort of um, experienced any of those places. And it was it was amazing, it was it was really nice. We worked with a brilliant group of women out there, um, and it was lovely to learn about the culture a little bit more. So we after one of the last events. Um, they went out and they bought us tea and we just sat in the hall with them eating tea and sort of chatting and they were telling us about kind of their home lives and, and their children and, and how, it, how it is for them sort of on a day-to-day -day basis. And that was really nice. And, and as a place, it was, it was stunning. It was really nice. We, we managed to get to a couple of sort of tourist destinations. So we, we went to the Grand Mosque and we literally ran out of the taxi and we sort of got there we were, we were in there for about 10 minutes but it was something that the group of us that went said we have to go we're here we have to go and look in and um, but yeah it was really interesting to to be out there and i think it's a lovely place to go and it's a nice sort of holiday destination but it was nice to go out there and work out there and, and be with people who were working and like i said i was only there for sort of just over a week but was I got to speak to some of the people who are based in our office out there and to sort of pick their brains and ask them questions about working life over there. It was really interesting and it, it gives you a nice view of, of the place. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was that was a, a that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. And then like I say the same year I, I ended up going to New York as well for our um, we have a global awards scheme called Chairman's Awards, which I've supported for five years. Um, and we had the gold awards was in New York. It was at the top of the Rockefeller Centre in the wow. Rainbow Room. It was amazing. Um, and that was really nice. I liked working with the Chairman's Awards scheme just to look at actually some of the real amazing things that we do around the company some of the advanced technology stuff that I would never even understand. Um, but you look at it and you think, I can't believe we do things like that. Mm. Um, and we just got to reward those people. And for, for us in the UK, what better place to go over to New York and kind of celebrate that. So that was really nice. And so then, like, COVID's hit. It's affected, like, all companies, all businesses. Um, how has it affected you and what you do in terms of, I guess you've, you've been, you have or you were working from home and 
will you always work from home? Will you go back to the office? How will that look now? Um, so from my point of view, I've worked from home since um, the pandemic hit. There was a period of time where I was in the office a couple of days a week because our apprentices um, who were doing the craft and technician scheme who work in our workshop at the Academy for Skills and Knowledge and get hands-on training, they went back into the to the ask and, and started the training. So there was a time where I was in a couple of days a week just to be someone in the office for them if they needed it. Um, but yeah, I've mainly been working from home, which as it's ups and downs. Um, from a manufacturing side of things, I think we had days really where nothing was going on and then we picked it back up again. Um, we made all of the areas sort of COVID safe and we've had people in on, on the shop floor doing the manufacturing, let's say since March last year, we had potentially days really where we weren't doing anything. Um, going forward, it's really hard to say, and I'm sure a lot of companies are in a very, very similar position. All that we can say is it's going to be different. Um, and everyone wants it to be different. As hard as it's been working from home in the pandemic, it's actually been able, it's, sort of, it's actually given you a chance to say, look how flexible we can be as a company. Mm. Um, before this, we very rarely did working from home. You might have worked from home the odd day here and there if you sort of needed to, um, but it wasn't a sort of a company-wide thing. Um, and now we've been able to sort of prove that we can do it. And as individuals, you can see the benefits of it. A lot of my colleagues are parents and let's say as hard as it's been for them, actually now that the children are back at school, they say it's really nice. I can, I can actually take my children to school every single morning and I can pick them up every single day because I don't have to be in the office. I can do what I do from home. I think there'll be an element of sort of hybrid work. Yeah, I think hybrid we'll have, system. Yeah, um, I think we'll. I think we'll. Like, we'll never get back to a point where we're always all of us in the office, but we'll never continue to always all be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you still all at home? Are you working from home every single day, or do you go back into the office occasionally? At the moment, I'm at home all the time, but I do go in sort of every now and then. Um, which I've come to really like. I really Mm -hmm. like having that mix of home and office. Um, And I think as much as it's sort of helping from a work point of view, I think we've come to realise from a mental health point of view as well, that mix is is good. We've had a real um, sort of push for mental health over over the pandemic. Um, It's hit a lot of people Mm -hmm. hard. Um, and don't get me wrong, we've been so lucky to be able to have worked the whole time. Mm. Like I said, we, from a, a sort of an office point of view, we had a few weeks at the beginning where things weren't 100%, um, but we've got over 14,000 people across two sites that we had to try and mobilise to wow. work from home. Um, so we haven't had a, a break, we haven't had a period where no. we've not been working. So. I can see really how lucky we have been in that situation, but mental health has has been hard for, for everyone. 
Um, and I think that hybrid working will massively help because it gives you that time in the office to socialise and catch up with people, have that face-to-face -face contact, but it actually also gives you that time at home to be quiet and to do the things that sometimes you just need to get your head stuck into it. And it's that moment of, don't distract me because I'm doing this. Um, and I really like that you can plan your week a little bit better to say, right, the, the things where I need to chat to people, I need to be a bit creative, I need to bounce my ideas off someone, I'll plan that time while I'm in the office. And when I've got some stuff that I need to just be quiet and get on with, I can plan that while I'm at home. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll always be hybrid, um, which I think is the best option. Yeah, and I think like the pandemic's just kick-started everything and like technology and things to move on a bit quicker. So I think we'll look back and of course it's been an awful year, but the shifts that we've seen have been, been quite positive. How has it been for the apprentices? So have they, did you take on any like in the last cohort or did you just cancel a year or how? Yeah, so we still took on the last cohort. So our um, intake start date was delayed from September last year to January this year, but we still took on exactly the same numbers. Um, we, we had to, because we've got a business demand. Um, I'm not gonna say it was the easiest thing we did, but we did it and some of our apprentices have been in a situation where they came in one day during the first few weeks to collect IT and things mm. like that, and then they've worked from home ever since. Yeah. Um, so a real big focus for our new starters has been how can we add that social element yeah. to their apprenticeship? Because someone who's done it and someone who's moved around a lot of different teams the best way to get to know to know your new team is to go and have a brew with them it's that daily kitchen pit stop moment where you get to chat so you find out what they've done at the weekend and we're missing that and I think we're all missing that but I can see from a brand new starter point of view someone potentially who's never worked before that is, I think that has been really hard. So we've really tried to make sure that we can kind of hopefully get that element a little bit for them. Um, but yeah, we've still taken on this year. We've, I know there are a lot of big companies that have let apprentices go and they haven't taken on this year. Mm. But, um, so I, I think we've done a really good job in continuing to do that. And I'm proud of the team that are working to say that we have been able to do that this year. And I'm proud of the apprentices that we've taken on because a lot of them have taken this in their stride and they've just they've just done it. They've picked it up and they've, they've worked it out. And I think that really just sort of shows the amazing apprentices that we, we do take on. And if, like, apprenticeships aren't what people want to do at BAE, are there other ways, like, do you do placements? Do you do other things that can get them into the company? Yeah, so um, from... Um, like a new starter point of view we also have a graduate scheme so um, obviously straight from from university we have different graduate schemes across our functions and um, that's a, a two-year scheme and um, that scheme is more or less the same no matter what function you're in um, it's the same length of time same starting salary and um, sort of same basics of development 
um, but obviously you're just working in different functions depending on sort of what your degree is. And then we have um, internships and summer um, placements, industrial placements, which are sort of three months to 12 months, um, sort of middle of university placements. We then have work experience placement, so high school work experience and college work experience. Um, we work with Movement to Work um, from the Prince's Trust and we do placements for them. We do um, engineering taster weeks. So there's actually... So much. Yeah, there's loads of different things. And even if you think, I don't really think I want to work for BA Systems, but you're interested in engineering, there's something that you can go and look at kind of before you look at a job, like say work experience placements that give you a good insight into engineering um, and, and do help you out. So yeah, there's there's actually loads. There's probably even more than what I've mentioned there. Yeah. I just can never remember everything that we offer. It sounds, it just, it does sound like the company's proper got the right attitude in terms of getting new people on, getting young people in as well, and like seeing them grow, you know, young people just out of college and then they'll mature a lot as they as they develop. So if people want to know more about the apprenticeships, where can they get the information and how can they apply and like when do they need to apply if they listen to this now? When is the process starting again? So for our next intake, um, for apprenticeships, our application window opens on the 1st of November 2021 um, and it closes on the last day of February um, 2022, which obviously on the 28th to 29th, I don't know if next year's a leap year or not. Um, and that's our application window, so that's where you put your um, sort of online application in. Um, simplest thing is to just Google BA Systems Apprenticeships. Um, and we have a specific apprenticeship page that's a really good page actually it's got um, brochures specifically for air sector and our apprenticeships um, that gives you all the details about that it's got case studies from apprentices um, videos of them talking about their time as an apprentice um, it's got lots of different stuff on there we also have um, a lot of recruitment events, so usually within the application window. So we usually have one sort of end of October and then they run through the application window. Obviously throughout the pandemic, they've been virtual events, mm. um, but we usually do them at sort of football clubs local to our, um, for air sector anyway, local to our site. So um, usually um, we might have one at a local football club and then we'll have them also at the Academy for Skills and Knowledge, um, which is our sort of new facility at, at Salisbury. Um, so that gives them opportunity as well to sort of see where they might be doing some of the training. Um, so yeah, sort of Google BA Systems Apprenticeships is the easiest way. I might say there's a dedicated page on it. Oh, that's been so interesting and given me, and I'm sure everyone listening, such a good insight into what you do and how you got there so thanks grace for chatting today oh thank you very much for having me it's been really nice i thoroughly enjoyed it thanks for listening and we'll see you next week (laughs) 
To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.